the page is white. Together we learn how to read it right. Some people are black, there's people that's white. Let's stop racism and let's unite. Oh no loops. Oh no loops. One, two, one, two. Ladies and gentlemen, cats, rats, dogs, Manny Fresh. You are now listening to the illustrious and praiseworthy Own No Loops. Uh, I'm Marcus. I'm Gene. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. We're fired up and ready to go. So, on uh, this episode's topic, uh, this was a topic that Gene brought to my attention. Uh, he asked me, he said, hey, Marcus, are there any, <laughs> hey, Marcus, are there any classic albums that you haven't heard? I said, probably. Yeah, you had to think long and hard about this. I had to think about it for a couple minutes. It took me about a day, <laughs> I think, to come up with three. Um, but we did it. Mm -hmm. And so what we're going to do today is talk about four albums that are considered uh, classics in the hip hop canon or the pantheon, if you will, and <laughs> albums prefer, that I prefer pantheon. Yes. Okay, <laughs> Gene prefers pantheon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, these are four albums that are considered classics that we're hearing for the first time. Um, yeah, we, you know, um, admitted <laughs> that there were some things that we either didn't listen to at that time or just not at all um and uh wanted to go over those right now with you so we're, we're being vulnerable with you today <laughs> yeah, you can't be ashamed man you gotta let it show no i'm i'm, I'm sitting tall I'm, I'm sitting you gotta, tall you gotta because you know what man fuck that like there's a lot of rap albums so you can't you can't be mad at somebody because they missed a couple it's the year of vulnerability, thanks to uh, Jay-Z. Thanks to Jay-Z. <laughs> Shout out to Jay-Z. Thank you for allowing us to be vulnerable as men, as black men. Because I was waiting until. <laughs> yeah. Jay-Z said it's okay. Yeah. Well, just like, you know, throwback jerseys. You got to wait till Jay-Z says it's time to stop wearing them. Yeah. Wearing yeah. Them. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... The format is this, right? We're going to start off with one album that Gene had never heard before. Mm-hmm. And then an album that I had never heard before. Right, right. And then we're going to go into two albums that neither of us had ever listened to. There you go. All right. So we're going to go in chronological order. And we're going to start off with Gene. So kick it, Gene. <laughs> Thank you. So let's take it back about 30 years to 1987. Criminal Minded by Boogie Down Productions, um, ah. Karis One, Scott LaRock. So with this album, so there's a lot of, I guess you could say firsts with this album, and I'll state a few. Yeah. Um, and you, if you did notice or knew from back then, the album cover uh, is actually the first album cover that shows... Um, uh, uh, the artist brandishing firearms. This is true. Yeah. So 
So that's a little piece of history. And um, people consider it uh, as being the opening for East Coast gangster rap. Of course, from all the things you've heard about uh, KRS-One these days, you probably wouldn't have thought that. Right. Um, you know, him being the teacher. Um, I have never heard this album in full. Um, like many people, I have heard songs from it um, over the years, but I've never sat down and listened to it. Why haven't I heard it? Because yeah. um, at that time, which would be 1987, yes, I was alive, um, I just wasn't listening to hip-hop like that. Mm. Um, I really got on um, into my full-blown hip-hop listening around uh, 89, 90, and uh, 87, I, I, I guess I wasn't cognizant of what was going on, what classic albums were being passed back and forth. Um, so this kind of went over my head. Um, and then since then, well, I'll state why later on, <laughs> why since then I haven't uh, gotten into this album. You'll figure it out once we go through it. So um, what were you listening to in 87? <laughs> in 87, and I was nine years old um i probably was mostly listening to r&b at the time okay if anything at all i do remember (laughs) i don't even remember if i I was (laughs) I, i i do remember that there was a time around that time that i said there's just too many bands too many acts out there for me to know so i just can't be bothered with music okay i just gave up for a couple of years and then it just <laughs> it was calling me at some point, so I said, "Let me just get into this," and that's when it all started as far as my music appreciation and hip hop appreciation. So in '87, I was overwhelmed at nine years old. Um, <laughs> but I uh, ended up finally listening to this album in full in 2017, and um, it was on B Boy Records. Came out March 3rd, and. Um, you know, very influential album. Extremely. Per- extremely. Um, you did have a lot of samples from James Brown and a lot of dancehall reggae um, references and samples was uh, used. Okay. Okay. So um, now with the album, a lot of production, mostly handled by Said G from uh, Said G, uh, DJ Scott LaRock and others. Yeah. Um, of course, said G is from the Ultramatic, Ultramagnetic MCs. And uncredited. And uncredited. Thank you. Um, so on this album, it started out with poetry. So what's your problem? It seems you want to be KRS2. From my point of view, backtrack, stop the attack. Because KRS1 means simply one KRS. That's it. That's all solo, single, no more, no less. I built up my credential financially and mental. Anytime I rhyme, I request the instrumental. I speak clearly, and that's merely. And um, Karis one stating um, in song form exactly how he comes across, uh, how he uh, 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 preaches and how he uh, rhymes. And, um, you know, he was always and at this time as well, aggressive on the mic, very, like he says, Blastmaster Karis blasting his mic his hand his voice through the mic and you really you really feel the full effect of how he's stating himself and 
and how his voice comes through the speakers and it's 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 aggressive it's powerful um it's not monotone it's very emotional um you get that from the top on poetry and then immediately um you go right into what was going on at this time which of course if you don't already know was the bridge wars uh the battle between um boogie down productions and mc shan um the the juice crew and the juice crew of course um south bronx which is the second track um and um a song that has been sampled a few times later including uh for total um can't you Mm. see actually not can't you see no Uh, uh no one else South Bronx, which you may have heard a few times, was uh, the first uh, track used in the um, the bridge battle, trying to call out MC Shan. Um, and then, of course, he retorted, and uh, they retorted later on, and I'm getting to that. So South Bronx, just another aggressive track, just really calling out um, their competitors and uh, what they state and the history of hip-hop and um just really going through uh, a story about how uh, music came about and trying to correct MC Shan. But um, what many people have not known over the years or may have overlooked was that all of this was through a misinterpretation Mm -hmm. of um, MC Shan's uh, song. Um, uh, He stated, you know, this is hip hop, this is Queens, but not where hip hop started and Karis won. misinterpreted what he was saying believing that he stated that hip-hop started in queensbridge but we got south bronx <laughs> we got south bronx from well, i think that. the lyric um he says like let me tell you what do you say let me tell you where it all you, began love this story again again you again love to hear the story again and again of how it all got started way back when the monument is right in your face sit and listen for a while to the name of the basically basically he he interpreted it as him saying this is where hip-hop started and right that wasn't the case and shan wasn't about to correct him because <laughs> he took offense although um, that's not the only reason that started and why is that well the the main reason why they wrote uh south bronx was because of mr magic Ah, uh, yes. So, uh, Boogie Down Productions was trying to get their music played. And so they went to Mr. Magic, who had the hip-hop radio show in New York at the time. And he dissed them. Like, he straight dissed them. He was like, your shit is whack. Mm-hmm. And um, so they got mad, and they made this song. Because, you know, Mr. Magic, his crew was the Juice crew. Yep. Whereas, like, uh, Red Alert, was his crew was Boogie Down Productions. So... They basically just made a song going at Mr. Magic and everybody. And he kind of used the misinterpretation of the lyric from the bridge as an excuse. But really, it kicked off because of getting dissed by Mr. Magic.
So you have that. You have nine millimeter goes bang, which uh pretty for the most part self-explanatory. I mean, it is uh one of the first um on at least the East Coast side um records of uh violent confrontation, including a nine millimeter. Um going bang. Going bang, and bang it did. Um when it gets to the middle of the album, so I'm riding along and I'm listening and I'm saying, okay, well, classic that I already know, song that I hadn't heard, classic I already know, song that I hadn't heard. It's kind of flipping back and forth for me. And when I get to the songs that I hadn't already heard, um, which would be a uh, word from our sponsor, Elementary, um, those songs, they started to sound a little repetitive to me compared to what I had already heard uh, uh, at the beginning of the album, then going towards the middle of the album. And then when Dopey came on, it got to that midpoint where I was like, oh, this is why I've never really been a huge KRS-One fan. Because <laughs> sometimes his delivery, to me, uh, not only seems repetitive, and then sometimes when he has a beat that's not really working with him i'm kind of like okay i feel like it's there's no balance sometimes you can save a song with good lyrics or good delivery and if you're sounding repetitive and the beat's not working for you it's like okay well i don't know and where do you feel the beat's not working dope beat okay huh (laughs) ironically enough i got a dope beat you got a dope beat So yeah, yeah, I didn't particularly care for that track at all. Okay. Um, then you go into um, uh, P is free, which of course is going into um, a tale about prostitution. Um, and this somewhat graphic track, um, I liked it. I um, I know that it had been uh, remixed, and you also had a regular version on the deluxe. Uh, version of this album um so uh you do have uh, multiple versions um i like this track and then of course this is the lead up i mean if you're looking and you're kind of like oh um i know exactly what track is coming next you're like okay i'm listening i'm listening i'm listening and knowing that the bridge is over is going to about to be come on and you're about to get real excited um i was kind of just waiting for this song to be over even though i like this song so it was kind of a weird feeling um, are you are you saying that the P and P is free doesn't stand for Panini? <laughs> Does not stand for Panini. No, no, no. I love no free, free Panini. Paninis. No free Panini for you. But um, like I said, graphic track, and um, you know, you probably weren't expecting that coming in if you were hearing this for the first time, or uh, uh, we're coming off of um, previous records. And then leading into this uh, uh, album, you know, what you had previously heard from uh, Boogie Down Productions. Um, Then The Bridge is Over. Of course, the second track off of The Bridge Wars. You look like you were going to say Oh, no, I was going to say, what would you have heard from Boogie Down Productions prior to this album? Um, Like singles? Teaching, preaching, you know. Um, 
you 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 for me at least knowing what i would have known at that point i wouldn't have thought that it would have been so graphic okay so you mean in retrospect like like having listened to their later music going back to this uh the reverse of that if i had heard listening to the beginning of this album and then the beginning of the album yeah okay yeah um and then leading up to that, I wouldn't have been like, "Oh, okay, well, <laughs> okay, it's a little unexpected, but I'm I'm gonna ride with it because I like it." Um, and then of course, um, probably the hardest diss track of all time, <laughs> <laughs> "The Bridge Is Over." I mean, in my mind, there's there's two diss tracks, and there's everything else in the history of hip hop. It is this track, and it is "Hit 'Em Up." Really? And then there's everything else. I've I- yeah, I know you're gonna say ether. I wasn't gonna say ether. No, I wasn't gonna say ether. What were you gonna say? No Vaseline. Yeah, that the bitch in you. This the those two are like one and everything else. Well, not everything else. Uh, the bitch in you, no Vaseline, and um, take over like one A for me. Mm. Like <laughs> those two tracks, hit them up, and the bridge is over. Are like one. Then there's one A, and then there's everything else. Okay. So, I mean, the bridge is over. Was just, I still am just like mouth agape when I listen to it. Sometimes, like mm. I've heard this track so many times, and I'm just kind of like, really he said that. Mr. Magic Mike wished to come and try to save him, but instead of helping you out, he wants the same thing again. I finally figured it out. A magic mouth is used for sucking. Roxanne Shante is only good for steady fucking. Shannon Molly Mall is really only bluffing. Like Juggy Fresh said, I tell you now you ain't nothing. Compared to Red Alert on Kiss and Boogie Down for Duffin. Say ease in the run, I miss it. Ease in the run. Say KRS1, you know them count on the sun. Been moving over there and then we're moving over here. This name of this routine is called Lila Union Square. He Where? said that about Roxanne Chantel. Uh-huh. That, that, that line always sticks out. Yes. Always. Yes. It's eternal. Yes. Yes. And then on top of that, you know, the Burroughs shout outs and me feeling some kind of way. I'm from Queens. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I'm always like, does he still say it that way? Uh, uh, talking about Queens in Queens, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> whenever he performs there. Um, but yeah, I always felt some kind of way, but I, you know, I knew better. The track is dope. So, so there was that. And that's your one, two punch as far as uh, the bridge wars, uh, super ho <laughs> talking about Scala rocks and his yeah. dating activities, which is, you want to call it dating. <laughs> yeah. I love this track too. And then probably one of the harder tracks on the album which wasn't a diss track criminal minded mm-hmm. um just aggressive take the crowd over like teaching and just um grabbing you like i need to say something to you and just starting off from the top criminal minded you they are the audience i am the lyricist sometimes the suckers on the side gotta hear this page a rage that i'm not in a cage free as a bird to fly about on stage ain't here for no front and just to say a little something your suckers don't like me because they're all about nothing however i'm really fascinating to the letter my all-around performance gets better and better my english grammar comes down like a hammer you need to stop 
other people's. I write and produce myself just as fast. Keep my hair like this. Got no time for cherry curls. Attracting only women. Got no time for little girls. Cause girls look so good, but their brain is not ready. I don't know. I'd rather talk to a woman cause I'm on it so steady. So here all in all, um, you know, uh, do I think that it's a classic? For me to say it's a classic, I would have to say it's flawless, and I can't say that. I would say that it's damn near classic. Um, and then, of course, thinking in retrospect as far as rhyme styles at that time. Like, this is uh, also around the time that uh, you're hearing um, Rakim get onto uh, the stage. You're... Um, you're still you're still in the midst of the '80s with the uh, Run DMCs, Beasties, and um, LL, and you're about to start hearing Cool G rap and Big Daddy Kane, and you know, um, in the oh, mid- you put the emphasis on Daddy. That was dope. <laughs> I, I, Big Daddy Kane <laughs> having an off day. Um, um, sorry. <laughs> so, um, I I can't say it's a classic. I could hmm. say it's a really good album. I would listen to it again. I, I wasn't. I did not feel like I was being dragged through the album, but at the same time, mm-hmm. me and Chris just never, you know, like we're cool, but we've never been like, yes, that's my reference point. He's in my top ten. Da, da, da. It's just, it's never been that. He's never been one of your favorites. Have you uh, ever seen him live? No, I've hey. seen I've seen live footage of him, but I've never uh, seen him live. You need to see him live. I know that he is one of the best live performers he of is. all time. I yep. this I know, okay. this I know. Okay. Um, I have seen live footage. I whenever he's live, either I'm not around or something or the other. But yeah, okay, I, I know this. So every album that you consider classic is flawless in your eyes uh either it's flawless or it's like 0.5 out of 10 away from being flawless Mm -hmm. like maybe there's a hook on one of the songs that i didn't like right or whatever like i've listened to some perfect hip-hop albums and just been like okay (laughs) that's it okay um but yeah that's okay. where I'm at with criminal-minded. Okay, so criminal-minded for me. So I didn't hear it in 87. Now, I was starting to listen to hip-hop already, but if there wasn't like a video for it or it wasn't on somebody's late-night radio station, I probably didn't hear it. Um, I didn't really get familiar with KRS until uh, By All Means Necessary. So, but I did hear it. I have heard it before. I do own it. And... I or disagree that it's that it's not a classic. I think it's a classic because of how far it stands apart from everything that came out at that time. Like like you were saying, KRS-One's voice is just iconic, and it it just cuts through, it slices through the music, and the music is sparse. The music kind of lets him it it breathes enough to really let his voice just just cut through, and. I mean, his voice has been sampled just from this album. It's been sampled so many times, even by KRS-One himself. Mm-hmm. So um, that's what strikes me about this album. Also, you mentioned James Brown samples, but what strikes me about this album is that it has a very wide range of samples and interpolations. Everything from uh, ACDC. Hit me, hit me, hit me. 
to Billy Joel. To the Beatles, to Esther Williams. Yeah, like did, all the, the dope beat ACDC. It's ACDC. That was. Nah, yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not a fan of ACDC, but I'm not mad. I'm not mad at dope beat. Like it's it's a good '87 track. I I think, but um, but yeah, like. They were listening to a lot of different types of music, either you know KRS-One and or Scott LaRock and or the uncredited Set G, but that's something that you don't hear a lot in rap albums. It's just that wide range. Um, I think this album is one of the first rap albums with the fake patois. <laughs> um, I do believe so. Um, and yeah, and but like you mentioned, it is surprising that. The album is so so gangster because if you were familiar with KRS One later through later albums, you wouldn't expect that. But yeah, this album is it's what some people would have called reality rap. You know, there's a lot of crime tales and you know, again, nine millimeter goes bang. Nine millimeter goes bang. <laughs> That's it is it is what it says it is. Okay. <laughs> um but yeah, I would say it's a classic. Would I say it's flawless? Maybe. But for me, an album doesn't have to be flawless to be classic. I think the cultural significance of it is enough for it to be classic. Like, like it's a monument in, to the genre. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. What, what else we got? Um. So next, we have an album that I had never heard before. This is... Um, and, and it hurts for me to say it, you know, but again, we're being vulnerable. <laughs> uh, this is an album from 1990. This is Cool G Rap and DJ Polo, Wanted Dead or Alive. And so why did I not hear this? Um, I was very familiar with Cool G Rap and DJ Polo by 1990. I mean, I, I was familiar with Road to the Riches, but, you know, I was 10 years old when this dropped. I didn't have a job. I didn't have an allowance. So, <laughs> you know, I could only get but so many albums or so many tapes. Because I was buying tapes at this time. Mm-hmm. I could only buy so many tapes per year. Or should I say, I could only have my parents buy me so many tapes per all right, year. All right, all right. So, like, in 90, I had Fear of a Black Planet, uh, Mama Said Knock You Out, Business As Usual, which is still one of my favorites, and Step in the Arena. And I just didn't, I just didn't get this one. Okay. And I never went back and got it. And it got to the point where it became really difficult to to, to spot it. Um That's it was true. been out of been out of print for a long time and and now you can't even get it on streaming. So it's not an easy album to track down at this point. And I just never I just never went back to it. Like I did get Road to the Riches and I have Live and Let Die and Four Five Six, Roots of Evil, et cetera, et cetera. But I just never I missed this one. Okay, okay, okay. Well, what'd you think of it? Let's break it down first. 
Okay. So I think this album represents like late 80s, early 90s New York rap at its finest. It's, you know, you've got Kooji rap just rapping insanely well over these 100 BPM plus tracks. And um, it's, you know, it's kind of the last, I think it's the last of its of its kind. Um, you know, Kooji Rap's next album was like a reverse America's Most Wanted, where he went to Cali and recorded with Sir Jinx. So, and, and that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but this is this sound that you get here with the very hard drums, the very fast beats, the speed rapping, um, that kind of died out. And, and, uh, this is one of those, one of the last albums where you really get that in full. Um, I, I love the sound of this album. Okay. I mean, again, it's, it's super New York. Um, this is this is a sophomore album, obviously following Road to the Riches. And um compared to that album, I think you really have Cool G Rap coming into his own. And not that he was anything short of amazing on Road to the Riches, but in terms of like the subject matter, this album really solidifies the persona. And like when you think of Cool G Rap and, you know, crime stories and or sex stories, um, it, it it goes back to this album, not so much yeah. Road to the Riches. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, the, the, the single Road to the Riches has that. I used to stand on a block, sell a cooked up rock, money busting out my sock, cause I really were clock. That were four kind of fiends, swinging jackets and jeans, magazines, anything, just a hustle of beast. The cash was coming fast, money grew like grass. People hungry for the blast that don't even last. But the rest of that album is mostly like battle raps. There's there's a uh, a, a sample of Cars by Gary Newman. But this this album really solidifies the, the gangsta ass cool G rap, and um, also you know this album it, it really on the production side is a coming out party for Large Professor. Yeah. Large Professor. Now he's credited on eight of thirteen tracks, but he's credited as a co-producer along with Eric B. But I think we know now that Eric B is not a producer, or at least on this album he wasn't a producer. So really, Lars Professor did the bulk of this album, and this is this is before Breaking Adams. So, you know, he just comes out of the park with some some shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Um. Yeah. Meanwhile, Marley Marl was working on like Intelligent Hulum and Mama Said Knock You Out, so he kind of moved on from Cold Chilling at this point. Yeah, he was a busy guy. <laughs> yeah. Which now the ironic thing is here 
So on the song uh, Talk Like Sex, which was produced by G-Rap, um, the sample, the Still Johnson sample on there was used later in that same year by Marley Marl on um, At Your Own Risk by King T, the remix. Yeah. So I'm wondering what happened there, right? Because <laughs> Marley Marl, who produced their last album, didn't work on this one, but somehow used the same sample that Cool G Rap used. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if there's something malicious going on there. He's or... probably in the zone. Who knows? I, who knows? <laughs> um, and talk like sex. Uh, I this song came out in 1990. It is 2017. That is still the raunchiest most graphic track that I've ever heard Talk Like Sex, man. Talk Like Sex has to be the one of the most unsexiest sex songs ever (laughs) It's it's violently sexual. Like like you know most rappers sex songs is like, yeah girl, come here, let me sip on some Asti Spumanti and tell you how you want me. But like this is like Yo, bitch, take off your fucking clothes. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's, well, it's, 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 it's that, and then it's just his great graphic. His descriptive uh, manner on this album is just like, you know, you, you you're blushing. You're like, what the hell, man? For demonstrations, watch me slammer. The notice of sound is steady, pounding like a jackhammer. What's all you can't cop out? I'm pounding you down until your eyeballs pop out. I'm not your ordinary player. Because you leave in a wheelchair there after I lay ya. Get a grip on your head, boy, and hold on to it. Or get sent right through it. Bite your nipples when I lick them. Not gentle when I stick them. Huh. I leave them looking like a rape victim. Any girl that steps to it. Ends up getting his stomach pumped like Ross Stewart. I do a damn good job. That's why. Chicks are on my dick like a human. Yeah. <laughs> It's a fast track too. Like, so, so you're you're, you're wondering why he, how he's fitting all of that in there. <laughs> that sounded weird. <laughs> all right. I know you didn't mean that the way. It sounded, no. But, but that's that does sound similar to the kind of thing that you can say on here. But anyway. Um, yeah, so recovering from that, Uh um, but yeah, like you can, you can see on this album where like Black Thought gets his modern day style from. Black Thought, Big Pun, even going so far as to coming out West to the hieroglyphics. I mean, Hmm. yeah, I would go there. Um, the multi, uh, syllable rhyming within a bar. Um, type of flow, which you could also um, attribute to an extent to uh, Big Daddy Kane as well. Oh yeah. Um, cool G rap, just like, and and you know it for for pun and uh, Black Thought since they referenced um, the influence. Um, yeah. You know, uh, it, it like he's rhyming on the four, but he is just hitting like two even three uh rhymes within that bar and you would even go so far as to uh go up a few years to um uh big papa you know ladies in a place style and grace you know 
all of that. I I, I would. Oh, it would have been a little faster if it was Cool G rap. Yeah, yeah, it w- it definitely would have been because yeah. you know he's he's, he's a really fast runner. He's in the place with solid grace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, back to that album. Yeah, I, I love I love the uh, the the jam session feel of Jive Talk. It's got these ill drums, ill bass. Um, there's like shout outs in the middle of it. You can hear people in the background. You can hear Lars Professor doing little drum rolls on like a stool or something. <laughs> um, and then Cool G Rap kind of comes back with the with the freestyle. It's kind of like halfway off the mic. But it sounds like a, like a like a live jam session, and it's just dope. Man, fuck them, man. Well, I want to take a little time fuck out to say hello to my cousin, cool-ass Kevin. He's in the house from Jersey. Y'all want to say what's up to my Your cousin, face, man? Hey, yo. Check this out. The preacher, free to search, a preacher, teach, a torture, rock, to capture, rapture, reach, a musical master, drown, react, ass up, brain back, ass up, knowledge of NASA. It's just a kid cat, sports, a tic-tac, but I'm a Big Mac, cause I'm hip-hop was funky yeah, some funky yeah. shit um but yeah basically the album is what i expected it's dope and per, the, the texture of it the sound of it the potency of uh and intensity of cool g raps rhymes are what i expected and i would absolutely say it's a classic i think it's their best album and um i had so i had already heard you know streets of new york which i loved that was the first single and then the uh, second single was Erase Racism. Like, I love both of those songs. And I still love both of those songs. Um, I remember Erase Racism, they used to, when they showed it on Rap City, the video, they didn't edit out uh, when Big Daddy Kane said shit on the second verse. Mm-hmm. They didn't edit it out. In the days of slavery, some got to run away and many got done away. Inferiority is what some men say, but that shit played out with Kuta Kente. Then again in the streets of New York, I think of Yusef Hawkins and I see it still stalking. And when I think of areas like Benson Hearst, <laughs> notice how and I mentioned. Which I thought was dope, especially since like Kane really put his foot into that shit. Like it's not, <laughs> a, not a soft under his breath shit. Uh-huh. Like he he really emphasized that shit. I guess they didn't notice shit. I, they, they had to they had to have noticed it. It's it's not like it's not like shit pop on the light. Like it's he didn't sneak it in there. They had they had to have known. But um yeah, this is a classic, and um it's on YouTube if 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 you want to hear it because it's not readily available. I would say highlights talk like sex streets of New York and bad to the bone, which I remember 
I played over and over and over when uh, this album was out. Yeah. Cause that was just like a clinic. I never needed a helping hand in. I'm outstanding type of guy girls never abandoned. The one alone with force three across your belly. Knock a suckers off the boss like I'm playing skelly. Cause I pull out the 45 and feel Fendi. And leave the barrel of a smoking like a chimney. Rums of dynamic, voice is titanic. Gigantic, suckers get frantic and in panic. A smooth talker, cause I'm a Queens, New Yorker. My rhymes be more good times than Jimmy Walker. A bum rusher, cause I'm a crusher of hard rocks. When I turn 30, I still be dirty as red fox. Try to go what I wrote, get a sore throat. My lyrical notes float like cell bones. I keep it steady for the petty sucker rappers. I'll be ready. I got more bodies. As far as me and uh, G Rap and Polo, uh, my favorite album from them is is and probably always will be um, Live and Let Die. Hmm. Um, still Wanted Dead or Alive, just because of how dark it was. Like, I wouldn't say that um, the, the, um, Road to the Riches and Wanted Dead or Alive were happy albums by any means, but no. he just went really dark uh, with that album as well and revisited Talk Like Sex with what probably was an even more graphic song. <laughs> fuck you, man. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'll even fuck you in a taxi cab and after sex with a nigga you'll be buying a box of maxi pads soon as you open your legs. No need for no birth control business because my dick is touching the egg. I remember in high school, uh, rhyming at and just like, what am I saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would say that uh, um, Wanted Dead or Alive was definitely a classic. Okay, okay. Yeah, standout tracks for me. Now, again, Streets of New York and Erase Racism, I, I love, but I wanted to name standouts that weren't the singles. So I went with uh, Talk Like Sex. Bad to the Bone, and Money in the Bank, the Ill Posse Cut. Cool G rap for your first selection. Get up on it to my opponents. Let me just demonstrate for a moment. Crooks getting hooked to my book. Just like an addiction. Stop your addiction. You drop for science fiction. Let's get Pacific. You can't get with it. I'm too terrific and scientific. Forget it. Don't even try to lift it. You're not ready to make hits. You still got a learner's permit. Popping that shit. You better sit. Here's a word of a third degree burn, so listen and learn. You're missing a turn, so you better get concerned. My challenger, check the calendar. I'm as live as a 45 caliber. Go with a silencer, wetting up. Suckers, I'll be setting up. Button up, while I'm cutting up, never letting up. I don't link up with suckers with raps that shrink. Things funny, I'm taking money to the bank. With Freddy Fox. <laughs> Freddy Fox, bumpy knuckles. Bumpy knucks. Are you ready to win the G? Yeah. All right. <laughs> all right so moving on moving on so now we uh we jump up a few years going to 1997 so yes there's an anniversary here uh july 1st 1997 celebration uh was just going on for no way out by puff daddy and the family and the family so neither of us have heard this album in full until nope. now um and we're probably like one of eight people in the entire world. Yes, yes, yes. I I could probably say that um, is true. So uh, this album, of course, uh, came out on Bad Boy, and it was a hugely successful album. Sold about seven million copies yep. at that time. It was uh, partially uh, done before Biggie died, and uh, then after and even has um a tribute to him which was number one in the country for several weeks many weeks like um, 
20, 20 years ago, I believe that song was still number one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, um, definitely hugely successful album. So, um, it starts off with uh, Victory, which um, I remember, I, I forget how it came out, whether I had heard this after the album came out or they previewed it when um it came out i don't remember but when i heard the name victory i was like you have victory and uh this is a few months after wu-tang came out with a song called triumph really (laughs) i I never even thought of that (laughs) it bothered me i remember this (laughs) it bothered me from the jump um but victory i think is a clever use of the um, Bill Conti sample from Rocky. Put your money on the table and get your math on. Break it down, split it up, get your laugh on. See you later, dog. I'ma get my stash on. There's a bag full of money that I get my ass on. I never lose the passion to go platinum. Said I live it up to all the cash gone. Ain't that funny? Only use plastic, crafted to make classics. Hotter than acid. PD, blowing on your tape CD. The Billboard Killer. Whenever I hear this song, I can't listen to it once. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> surprising. Um, it's not 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 surprising. Okay, well, I thought you thought it was surprising. Um, <laughs> I I think because it's multi layered, um, I I just love hearing it. And of course, I love hearing Biggie uh, rhyming over it. And these were uh, the last verses that he ever recorded because it was recorded the day before he died. Wow, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So those are the last verses he ever recorded. Um, of course, him and Puffy going back and forth. Um, Puffy's verses, I believe, were written by Jada, right? Jada Kiss does have a writing credit on this song, yeah. so I would assume yeah. that's P- Puffy. <laughs> Since he wasn't rhyming on it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those those were uh, um, Jada's verses rhymed by Puff. Um, of course, Biggie went in. Um, Puffy held his weight uh, probably as much as you could being Puffy rhyming with Biggie. But... Yeah, we should state that Puffy was not a rapper. <laughs> Puffy is not a rapper. Isn't is not a rapper. Yes, correct. Yes. I mean, he held his own, but I still wished that somebody else was on it. <laughs> uh-huh. This was also coupled with a video um, almost a year after the album came out that, uh, to this date, is the most expensive hip hop video of all time, about mm. two and a half million dollars, um, which also featured uh, um, Danny DeVito and the late Dennis Hopper. Um, and it was a reworking of the Running Man um, movie. You cold bladder bastard. I'll tell you what I think of it. I live to see you eat that contract. But I hope you leave enough room for my fist because I'm going to ram it into your stomach and break your goddamn spine! Ah! And um, on the uh, video, I guess single version, they added some um, some opera singing, which I oh, could not I do stand. remember that. I hated it. Uh, I hated it as much as I hated the video. Mm. <laughs> well, Busta Rhymes dressed as a black crow. Yeah. I remember that 
correctly? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I just had him being, I just remember him being mad, aggravated, and feathery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was weird, but. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. That's when all hip hop videos, that was like during the Hype Williams area. Every video had to be an event, had to be a movie. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um, now, one thing I had just mentioned Wu-Tang was the album of the year, the infamous ODB crashing. The Grammy goes to Brooklyn. Sean Colvin and John Liventhal, songwriters for Tennessee. Please calm down. The music and everything, everything. I said, um, I went and bought their outfit today that costed a lot of money today. You know what I mean? Because I figured that Wu-Tang was going to win. I don't know how y'all see it, but when it comes to the children, Wu-Tang is for the children. We teach the children. You know what I mean? Puffy is good, but Wu-Tang is the best. Okay? I want y'all to know that this is ODB and I love you all. Peace. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm confused um, now. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, when he. But that would have uh, been the '98 Grammys, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because because summer '97 would have been. Well, yeah, it would yeah. it would have to be. Yeah, have yeah. '98. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This was this was probably it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's that. Then you go right into been around the world, which. I actually thought, and I didn't think this then, was a clever sample, um, just because how they added uh, the booming bass line to it. I mean, I thought at first, like, the Let's Dance was kind of, like, a little cheesy, mm-hmm. but then really- the beginning listen- is cheesy. It is. Yo, yo, this makes, you know what I'm saying? You got niggas that don't like me for whatever reason. You got niggas that don't want to see me, bitch. You got niggas that's mad because I'm always with they bitch. Then you got niggas that just don't like me. You know, the, those PSG niggas. <laughs> but, but adding that bass to it, and um, this was the first of, uh, what was it, two appearances by Mace on this album? Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Uh, Spoken... Vocal appearances, yeah, not writing appearances. <laughs> yes, um, it was a clever sample. I personally was bored with their mic handling on this. Um, oh god, yeah, if you want to call it that. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I was, I was bored with it. What was even worse is that they remixed it later, which was terrible. The remix with Carl Thomas have... singing. Yeah, I remember that. I remember the remix. I think the beat was all right. I kind of, I kind of liked the beat. I was a one-bedroomer, dreaming of a million. Now I'm in beach houses, cream to the ceiling. I was a gentleman, living in tenements. Now I'm swimming in all the women that be tens. Went from bad boy to the crushed liniments. Now my dividends be the new Benjamins. Chicks of all complexions, I like cinnamon. Makes you got some girls with Playboy cinnamon. That's all I'm going to say about it. I kind of like the beat. You kind of like the beat. Yeah. So you have that. And then... um. You have uh, what you're gonna do, which allegedly was written by Little Kim. Puffy's verses. This is just mm-hmm. Puffy by himself. Uh, you can definitely hear her rhyme pattern, but I didn't think she ever wrote for anybody. But what was one? Which which track? 
what you're gonna do. Um, Black Rob also has a writing credit on there. Really? Yep. Okay. Well, then there you go. <laughs> um, I so my whole thing with Puffy is that I normally find his voice to be somewhat nasally and lacking aggression. Um, and I feel that that's like a consistent theme with him. Um. Mm-hmm through this album and through the years. And, and I definitely felt it on this track. Um, do you know, of course, uh, the um, one of, I guess, several times that he sampled uh, Diana Ross or the mm-hmm. Supremes um, hook sung by faith. Uh, faith is on this album several times. Is that, is that faith? Is or it? is that, um, I maybe Kelly I got it Price. wrong. Kelly Price is all over this album. Okay. My bad, yeah. my bad, my bad. You got Young G's, uh, which had a sample that it stood out to me because it was used by DITC later. And well, it was around the same time. Okay. They were they were both ninety seven, mm-hmm. so I'm not sure who was first. Actually, Pete Rock was before all of them. Uh, Pete yeah, Rock yeah. used it on an interlude on um, Main Ingredient uh, after okay. "Tell Me How You Feel." Okay. Okay. Um. I thought Puffy's verses were pretty boring here. Um, I hated the hook. <laughs> I hated that they reached for uh, the little ghetto boy. Mm-hmm. Um, you uh, had Jay-Z on there, and his verse was sampled later for Where I'm From. Um, Big's verse and a title was a reference to a Snoop song. Sunrise, open my eyes, no surprise. Got my shorty flying in with keys, take to her thighs. With all the utensils. This was interesting because, you know, there was still tension in the air with the whole East Coast, West Coast thing. Right. Um, I Although look, I think by the time Biggie died, I think that was kind of squash. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's not simmering as much. Um, of course, all about the Benjamins, one of the uh, bigger tracks off of this album, which originally was a lock song, which had nothing to do with Puffy um, and had Styles P on it. But then his verse got replaced and Puffy got on there. Most people have heard this song a million and one times. I know I have. I'm um, sorry, who was on it? Uh, originally, it was just the locks. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, originally, it was just the locks. Um, I like this song. I like um, how Puffy and Jada's verses meshed. I've always liked that. And um, I like how they have that kind of reversing uh, sound constantly playing throughout the, uh, oh, yeah. the sample. Yeah. Um, this of course was probably one of the first of many times that people ended up having a, a, a ending verse and switch the beat up. Of 
course you mm. had Biggie where they they switched to beat up on it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, there was actually three versions of this song. There was the Locks only version, then there was Locks and Puffy without Kim and um Biggie, Biggie. and then of course there's the final version, and then of course there was a rock and roll version later. The yeah, which blew <laughs> up. Yeah, yeah. Mainly because yeah. of the video. Yeah, with but um fuzz bubble. But he, I was trying to I knew it was fuzz something. Fuzz bucket. Fuzz, was it fuzz Fuzzy bucket? Fuzzy wuzzy motherfucker. Something, something like that. Yeah, I know you're probably right. I don't know. Fuzz whoever. Um where are they now? Um But yeah, I think the version that I heard first was it was Puffy and the Locks. That's yeah. the one I remember hearing on with the radio. No hook. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, is this the end? Genuine, uh, Puffy and Twister. Uh, Puffy's verses obviously written by Twister. You could tell Pretty by obvious. the delivery. You didn't even have to look at the credits for this. No. Sometimes I be waking up behind them saying why me, Lord. Folks thinking I'ma die soon. I just tell them keep seeking. But when they sleeping, I be concealed up in my room, knowing that it could happen. I'm just trying to maintain because the future is untold. Till the static unfolds, if the good die young, please die, let a bad boy die old. I want to lie cold, or better yet, have any shots come close to the head. Shirt soaked till it's red. The most that was said was that my homies had a toast to the dead. Do I need to pack a vest for stress so I can rest? Because even though I'm blessed in my flesh, it all came down to a test. A motherfucker want to go and put a tattoo on my um, chest. Puffy sounds strangely somewhat more relaxed delivering Twister's verses huh. uh, than he did in some of the other songs where he sounds a little bit more nervous and clumsy to me. Nervous or clumsy to me. Mm-hmm. Then you have uh, Pain, which um, it starts off telling some genuine um, things that he felt bad about, but then it kind of falls apart when he tries to show some aggression and and he sings the hook. And I'm just like, oh, God, it didn't work out. I wish this pain would go away. I'm talking about the kind of pain that I wish this pain just gets going up in your heart. So, I wish this pain would go kind of pain away. that makes you feel like you can't go on no more. I wish this pain Yeah, yeah. He 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 did mention his father dying and the infamous yeah. City College incident, which, you know, you can look that up. Um That was written by Sauce Money. Yeah, yeah. Sauce had a, a, a couple credits on here. Um mm-hmm. Uh, one that I hope he got a hefty check for. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Puffy definitely should have gotten somebody to sing the hook other than himself. <laughs> That's always the correct answer. Now, with the last two tracks, which actually ended up being the two biggest singles on the album. Um, they were old by the time this came out, right? Oh. Or... Or no, um, he led with he led with "I'll be missing you," and the album came out. And of course, we just stated that was huge. Of course, I never felt comfortable with the "Every Breath You Take" sample. It just seemed too basic to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just never really liked this song. Okay. Um. I never liked this song. I didn't like his delivery. Probably the only thing that I liked about this song was uh, um, 112's part. <laughs> That's the only thing that I liked. I didn't like the way Faith sounded on it. It just... Hmm. Uh, I, I mean... I don't um, mind it. I, I, I think it's fine. I'm, I'm probably more bothered by the fact that Sauce Money wrote it than 
yeah. the song itself. I think I think the song itself is fine. It's it's cool. Yeah, as we mentioned on our ghostwriting episode, we just felt a little funny that if you're you're doing a shout to your boy that just passed, why is somebody else writing it? Yeah. And then um can nobody hold me down? Um I was bothered firstly because wasn't it just a few years that Ice Cube had just sampled the message? Yep. And now we're hearing Puffy and Mace sampling message, and this is Mace's uh, uh, jump off point. This was like his big break. Yeah. Um, and the two of them together with the monotone flow, I was like, "Are you trying to put me asleep?" I I I just never liked it. I I honestly thought Mace was slow. When I heard this song, mm. like, I, I, I don't know. I just, yeah, I was not a fan of that slow, that slow flow. Like, <laughs> I just, yeah, I, I never liked either of them on the mic ever. Yeah. I mean, and then Mace as murder Mace sounded better, but that's what I hear. Yeah. But, um, as Mace, you know, M a dollar sign E, he just, I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So all in all, um, you could probably guess. I don't believe this album's a classic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. It did a lot. Uh. For hip hop. I mean, Puffy did say. Uh. Before this album. Uh. Was recorded that this was the time that him and his hitmen, who crafted uh, uh the bulk, pretty much all of the beats. Um, we're going in and taking like uh, he was going to take over the radio between 97 and 99. And that's exactly what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his uh, uh, artists and other associated artists who ended up with Hitman Beats were just locking down the radio. I could say that um, as a New Yorker who had to listen to Hot 97, mm-hmm. whether I wanted to or not. Um, and it got to the point that. You would hear Benjamins everywhere, and when you heard it on other radio stations, they would bleep out that Hot 97 mention. Um, uh. just, <laughs> yes, you know, um, didn't want to big up the other radio station. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, uh, retail-wise, commercially-wise, uh, uh, sound-wise, it definitely did influence hip-hop uh, at that time, but I, I just wasn't a fan. And... I wasn't a fan of um, a huge fan of Bad Boy to begin with, which would explain why I didn't hear it then. Um, I mean, I like Biggie. Um, I have his first album and I've heard it many times. Um, but uh, after after it got real shiny over there, I, I was I was a little blinded and I was kind of turning away. <laughs> so that would be the explanation for me. Okay, so. The reason why I didn't hear this album was because, well, like I said, I never liked Puffy as a rapper. Like, I think really the first time you heard him was either, I forget which came first. Was it Benjamin's or was it Can't Nobody Hold Me Down? Can't Nobody Hold Me Down. I think Benjamin's was the third single. After what? Uh, I believe it led with I'll Be Missing You, Can't Nobody. But I mean, but I mean, Benjamin's was released before... Uh, before uh, uh, I'll be missing you. Like in its original incarnation. Yeah. Not as a single. I just I just mean in terms of songs that you heard. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I think 
the first time I heard Puffy rapping was probably Can't Nobody Hold Me Down. And just from that, I was like, no, I don't, I don't want to hear you rap. I don't want to hear Mace <laughs> rap either. So right away, I was just not on board. I, I, I guess I was like the mad rapper. I kind of resented him. He, he had a rap album. And, and like 97 was when I was starting college. That's when I started to kind of hate mainstream rap. So I started, that's when I started, like I was deep into Wu-Tang. I was starting to listen to Raucous a little bit around that time. So it's the 20th anniversary of your hate? Sure. Yeah, happy birthday, hate. Yeah. <laughs> um, But yeah, so, so I just, I never wanted to hear this album and I just never went back and listened to it because again, I never liked Puffy as a rapper and I didn't like what, I didn't like how people tried to take his formula. I think that's part of what, like that really changed rap for the worse when mm. people tried to take his formula and run with it. Rappers who were otherwise dope really tried to shine their shit up. And that's how he changed the game. Yeah, un- unfortunately. Yeah. So my impressions, I was surprised at the darkness of some of the songs, but it, but then I realized it does make sense given that Biggie died. Yes. Like, he talks about death a lot on this album. Um, whether it's, you know, like on what you're going to do. It's like a crime story. If I should die tonight, is this the end? Even the, um, it's an interlude. It's like, you know, um, it, they're, all, they're all obsessed with death. Violent death at that. And that surprised me a little bit. But again, I, I get it. He was around he was in an environment and situation where that was possible yeah yeah so, definitely um and i believe the album like changed the it shifted themes at one point it was originally going to be called hell up in harlem i remember seeing ads for it in the source but um once once biggie passed it the whole album the mood changed yeah so so you don't get a ton of like let's i just want to make you dance records but there are a few, as, as you mentioned already. Um, the production, it sounds expensive. Like, it sounds crisp <laughs> and clean. Yeah, it does. Um, but I like some of these beats. Like, do you know, pain, what you're going to do? That's what good beats. Like, objectively dope beats. But just puffy. I don't want to hear puffy on any of them. Like, and... I don't know what's worse. Actually, no, I do know what's worse. The singing is worse. His singing is worse. <laughs> but, but, but like you mentioned, his like his rap verses sound kind of amateurish and sloppy, and his voice his voice is very weak. He doesn't sound confident on the mic for the most part. And and those songs where it's obvious that somebody else wrote it, it sounds like karaoke. Like on "Is This the End?" You know, he's really doing his best to sound like Twister. I guess in that regard, it's impressive that a non-rapper can kind of sound like Twister, but it still sounds like rap karaoke. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, you could always measure this against how he sounded on that Dolly Me- Dolly My Baby remix. Oh God! <laughs> oh man! You, uh, you, that was that was first. I heard yeah. that. That was first. Yeah. Oh man, he sounded. <laughs> <laughs> you 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 guys YouTube that and you'll see what we're talking about. Who that? cat. Um. Nah, nah. Who's that? Puff Daddy Hops. Flick to 
But um, yeah, the album is very melodramatic between like spoken word intros of songs and interludes and like thunderstorms and and opera singers and yeah. rain. Yeah. You know, it was a lot of that. But again, I I kind of understand given what he was going through at the time. But, yeah, yeah, I'll give him points for that. Um, instead but of listening just... to it now, it's kind of like eh. yeah, yeah. Instead of just dancing around all happy after Biggie had just died. Well, yeah. You know, I, I, I give him respect for that. Yeah. But yeah, the, the album's biggest weakness is, is Puffy himself. Yes. Just, you know, he's not he's not really a vocalist, but he does it anyway. Um. But yeah, and also, like, there's a lot of, like I was saying, there's a lot of streets, there's a lot of street stories, a lot of crime tales that are just unconvincing. Because, like... You have Puffy imitating a rapper, imitating a gangster, and it's it's just doubly unconvincing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think its claim to fame was, um, the tributes, and just being in that life of of gloss. Like, okay, yeah. I, I I sent I sent up this tribute to Big, and now me and Mace are gonna go gonna go floss, and mm-hmm. then the club banger. Uh, uh, all about the Benjamins that kind of like united everybody, whether you're a thug, whether you're, uh, you know, pretty in the club, whatever. That was just everybody's joint. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, you know, it kind of just went from there. But, you know, he he did pretty well off of that album, and that was the spring. Extremely board. well off of that album. Yeah. So, as far as uh, so what I say is a classic. No, it's a landmark. And a turning point in rap music. But as far as a classic material, nah. Um, Standouts, Do You Know, I think it's my favorite song on the album. Again, it'd be nice if Puffy wasn't on it. <laughs> um, Victory and All About the Benjamins. Uh, for me, it's Victory, All About the Benjamins, and I guess Been Around the World um, mm. would be my favorites. Um, you Singles. Know, the- yeah, pretty much. Senorita <laughs> okay. yeah. was cool too, but um, I just wish he didn't sing the hook. Yeah, yeah. Senorita and Is This the End are songs that I used to hear blaring out of a dude who lived on my floor when I was in college. Like okay. it's my first semester of school, and this dude would just play those two songs over and over and over again. Okay. And I, I didn't even know what album that was from. I just remember him playing them. I could just hear the beats. Um. <laughs> Okay, so so we're done with the uh, no way out. We're out of the no way out. We found a way out. <laughs> so last uh, album or second of two albums that we hadn't heard. Um, we go to two thousand three. Uh, we take it to Ti's second album, uh, titled Trap Music. Trap Music. And this was the follow up to I'm Serious, which was his I'm debut C. on Arista, which was. Uh, widely panned and um a lot of was it widely panned a lot of critics stated that the songs on i'm serious sounded alike and um after that he really wanted to find his way off of arista and i don't know if they dropped him or he found his way off but he basically came to them from what i read he came to them and said 
like, look, um, either you part partner with me on a label or I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. So they didn't want to do that. So he left and started Grand Hustle. Grand Hustle with yeah. Atlantic. Yeah. Grand Hustle, pimp. <laughs> so this album, um, I didn't hear it because like I didn't like 24s. I didn't like the single, the first single. Um, and I wasn't really blown away by Hey, Let's Get Away or Rubber Band Man. I thought they were cool, but I wasn't blown away by them. And 2003, I was listening to a lot of like Def Jux, Doom, Stone's Throw, you know, some, a few mainstream groups, Outkast, Gangstar, but you can, you can argue whether or not Gangstar is a mainstream group, but they were a major label group, right? Um, <laughs> but I was listening to that stuff. And I, I just didn't, I didn't see a reason to listen to go out of my way to listen to trap music. I I I was also in my rebel period and I feel like I sometimes still am where I just you know, I was like, "Oh, cool, cool. That's on the radio. Nice." Da, 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 da. And and then I me as well. I I did like Rubber Band Man and I remember seeing the video once and I was like, "Oh, this is cool." Yeah. This is cool. I love me rubber band man. Wild is the Taliban. Nine in my right. Forty-five in my other hand. I'm in trouble, man. I always in trouble, man. I'm worth a couple hundred grand. I just don't have confidence that um he's gonna hit me with something else that I'm gonna like. So I kind of just left it alone. I was like, yeah. all right, yeah, you do you, <laughs> and just left it alone. Yeah. So um so yeah, so. Of course, um, probably the first thing that, if you haven't heard before, uh, that you would think of is the actual title, um, Trap Music, and think about the fact that Trap Music is everywhere right now, the actual uh, genre. Right. Um, This is before Trap was a genre of rap. Exactly. Trap, this is when the trap actually meant the trap as in where, where drugs are bought and sold. Yes, so yeah. music about where drugs are bought and sold. So, um, but I guess you could say to an extent the, um, I guess the current term of trap music is being displayed here on a, a couple tracks where you are hearing um, uh, probably closer to something that you would hear on... Um, in the hustle and flow movie, as opposed to what you'd be hearing on a 21 Savage album. Um, so probably closer to that form of trap where there is a little bit more, um, uh, a little bit more on the BPMs. Cause this album kind of registers at about, um, a bit over a hundred BPMs. Whereas a 21 Savage song bank account would be at about 77 BPMs. So, mm. um, Definitely, there's been a difference in that uh, 14 years since. Well, trap as a genre doesn't actually have much of a connection to trap as a as a term. Like it's it's more so it more so describes a style of production than it does a subject matter. I mean, it just it it happens that a lot of people who are so called trap artists talk about drugs. That's because everyone talks about drugs. Well, yeah, but when you hear that, um, when you hear those drums and you hear that drum machine going and you're comparing it to, I guess, the slower version of what you hear now, you definitely see that those two kind of 
go hand in hand and are totally against what you would have heard in the East or heard in the West or heard or pretty much anywhere else at that time. Um, hmm. I, to me, the production on this album is just very Southern. I wouldn't connect it to trap. I wouldn't really connect it to what's going on today. It just like this sonically, this reminds me, it just sounds distinctly Southern. Like the production comes from like the, the Pimp C school of, of Southern hip hop. Cause like Southern hip hop before Pimp C was sounding more like New York. Like they were using some of the same samples and Pimp C really took it and added like the, the bluesy guitars, the, the, um, first missionary Southern Baptist pipe organs, like the slower, slower pace, like organic bass. Um, it's not really connected to what you would think of as like crunk, which, you know, Lil John was doing. Um, that's what's, that's one of the things that surprised me about this album because 24s doesn't have that sound, but most of the album has that very, like a very, um, funk based production, like, like Southern funk, like, like there's a lot of, again, a lot of really dope instrumentation. And I'd agree with you on that, but I'm also thinking about that boom, tick, tick, boom, tick, 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 mm-hmm. boom, tick, tick, boom, which you, I guess, hear more along uh, a T.I.'s album, and even to some extent on um, some of uh, the, I guess, mid-career Outcast albums, like if you're going to go to uh, a slowed-down version of B.O.B., Mm. Um, where you're really starting to hear that 808, um, and and like if you slow it down and bring it to today, I think I think there's I think there would be a relation between the two, but you know, it's it's neither here nor there. I definitely hear um what you described as far as the actual music, so that's why I would say that those two are separated as well. Mm. Um, so as far as how um the album sounded to me i mean you started with uh what was the first song on there wasn't i quit what was the first song the first song is the title track the title track of course trap music with uh mac boney mac boney psc Hey, welcome back to the trap, niggas. Back in the trap with another heavy shit. It be dope, boys. Hey, hey, trap, all you rap niggas roll out. I trap when it's cold out. Whack niggas climb, but I stay down till I'm sold out. Sound underground like I'm rapping in a dope house. Man, where be the way the fed got me scoped out? Hey, welcome, let my nuts hang, block how the dust came. Cook it till it bubble double fast. So, you definitely hear uh, those. Uh, funky instruments from the top um ti um pretty much like he is now is a typical um rhyming on four uh type of rhymer he doesn't really go past uh the grids on any of his songs really um but really smooth laid back on a lot of his songs including this one um this is probably a little bit more wordy than some of the other songs that you would find on the album. I would say that, um, you go into, uh, doing my job, which of course is a Kanye, um, Kanye produced, which I had originally heard on Kanye's mixtape. Cause Kanye was really starting to come up at that point. Yeah. Um, doing my job, of course, uh, typical early Kanye with soul sample. Um, 
and the drum rolls. Yes. From when the moon came out to the sun came up, I was supplying the J's when with they flame up. I'm almost passing by, trying to explain us. Pissing in the bushes like they never house trained us. But try to understand, that's how we came up. You get to know us, you love us, but you can't change us. Now, really, we'd rather be rich and famous. But in the meantime, we forced to slain us. But grow with crack cocaine, penicillin' to Rogaine, ecstasy, Viagra, whatever, get the domain. I'm tired of people misrepresenting my domain. Oh, you think we out here killing for nothing, hustling for no game? Definitely like that. Um, T.I. just going into his everyday life. Um, Thinking of You. I mean, that's not the name of the track. That was a sample. What was the name of that song? Well, the song after doing my job is Let's Get Away. Let's Get Away. I'm thinking of the Think of You sample. Hey, baby, I'm thinking of you. Yeah. Um, Bit more wordy bars. Um, Half of the second verse follows the ing and the n rhyming for pretty much half of that verse from miami to cali from vegas to jersey got him in houston virginia new orleans you heard me out of classic was like to act like they're virgin and the nasty was like when i talk to them dirty but i'm like breaking the ice got them laughing and flirting they'll be removing their skirts when they hop in the bourbon once the flick start playing and the e start kicking in a girlfriend licking her she begging me this was the jazzy fay um production 24 back when Back when Jazzy Faye was everywhere in videos with the glasses and the hat and the fingers. Yeah. Jazzy Faye. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, this is a Jazzy Finn Jail. T.I. T.I. King of the South. Rubber Band Man, a David Banner produced superhero type track <laughs> to me. Um, It's just like it's catchy as all hell. Um, and, um, you know, he just, he, he puts his foot in a verse. It's like the most wordy verse you'd ever hear. Um, a wordy hook, I should say that you'd ever hear. Um, you know, typical hustle anthem, but definitely a good track. And at certain points, he's got children singing in the background along with what mm-hmm. he's saying. Um, uses the man and and rhyme ending endings throughout the hook and the verses, which is you know entertaining. Um, I still love you, which was a Nick Fury production. Um, talking about regrets, mm-hmm. you know, a little surprising. How could I criticize my dad on that last verse? Looking at my own dirt, Nigga, you got some nerve. But be that as it may, I got some shit to say. It's been a secret, I can't keep it for another day. I got a little girl, that's just too little boy. And that's been killing me inside, eating me alive. And I can't find the words, but nor the nails of birds. To express what you deserve, girl, you worth the world. But I'm a man and I ain't perfect. If you hear me, yeah, I tell you what happened, when, why, when, how. Me and your mama met, we kind of kicked it out. But we were supposed to have a baby, we just chilling out. We had a line come, almost the same sign. The same goal said things at the same time. But then it destroyed a situation like a chain mine. How could I look in the eyes little bit more laid back than some of the previous songs um uh when it comes to wording wordiness and bar structure uh ti versus tip this was supposedly self-produced yeah and it's a conversation with himself and 
I had to listen to it a couple of times because it wasn't like um the Biggie track. It's not it's not like um give me the loop. Yeah. Motherfucking right. My pockets looking kind of tight and I'm stressed. Yo Biggie, let me get the vest. No need for that. Just grab the fucking gap. The first pocket that's fat, the tech is to his back. Yeah. It, where the voices are distinctly different. Right. He 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 sounded too much like himself here. Yeah, <laughs> so I was kind of like, I gotta listen to this again. <laughs> yeah, this shout is shit. You be making me sick. You'll be a motherfucking fool if you blow this lead. Just the chance of a lifetime. You know this shit. Remember what your man told us? They wrote but they be trying me, shout. Niggas be trying you how? Hey, let them tell it. You was just another guy in the crowd. But they be talking too loud. Man, you be listening too hard. Just pay these niggas no attention and keep fucking they bro. And he parlayed that into an entire album. Yeah. <laughs> he tried to. Yeah. Um, overall, I would say that it's a strong album. I thought it was a good album. Of course, it ended up being successful for him. It ended up being yeah. a platinum album for him. This I is a breakthrough. Yeah. I thought that it was looking back at it, it, it <laughs> you, you don't want to chuckle, but part of you is kind of like just maybe screwing your face a little bit since he's kind of warning other people and warning himself of the, the pitfalls of, you know, the streets and whatnot. And then he, he gets into some legal trouble and goes later on, later yeah. on and goes yeah. to jail for a couple of years, um, which he's rebounded from, but um, it, 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 you were, you were like, was he listening to himself when he was coming out with this stuff? Mm. But, um, I think it was a strong album. I don't personally think it was a classic, but I think mm. it was better than I thought it was when I, you know, avoided it the first time. Yeah. So this is listening to this and listening to, uh, I'm serious, AKA I'm C's. Um, <laughs> This is a sophomore album, much like, in my opinion, much like Wanted Dead or Alive, where you really hear the MC coming into his his, his voice. Um, on I'm Serious, there's a lot of songs that sound very generic. Um, it sounds like, okay, here's a Neptune's club banger, here's another Neptune's club banger, and here's, here's a song that sounds like New Orleans Bounce. Um, and I feel like his voice just wasn't, like he was still finding himself and on this album he really sounds like the ti who people are familiar with today like right. he slowed his flow down a little bit i think he even settled more into his his uh his heavy draw right and and he sounds a lot more comfortable on this album i mean he's he was he rapped well on his first album but here he sounds really sounds like himself and um and yeah and like i was saying earlier the production on this album what struck me was just how Southern it sounded. Doesn't sound like bounce. Doesn't sound like crunk. It sounds like classic Southern hip hop. And I like that in my Southern hip hop. So, <laughs> okay. Um, Noted. I thought, thought the productive production is really strong. Um, I was surprised that based on the title and based on the year it came out, I thought there would be more glamorizing of drug dealing, but he doesn't really do that. Um, it's, you know, he, Expresses regrets, like like you were stating, mm -hmm. um, on just doing my job. He's explaining why he sold drugs. He's saying, you know, he did it out of 
you know, desperation and he's not really trying to hurt people. He's just trying to survive. Now that doesn't excuse it, but at least he's showing a different dimension of that. He's not, right. he's not saying I, I got so much crack. I got so much weight. He's saying, you know, this is some shit I do that I've done for a long time. And even on, um, be better than me. He's telling the listener, don't do it. He's saying, don't, he's saying, don't, don't sell drugs. Like he's very explicitly saying, you know, be better than me. Don't be me. Be better than me. Don't do this. Shout the streets ain't the place to be. I'm telling you because it's too late for me. Hey, be better than me. Crackers love nothing better to see than young niggas with a felony. So be better than me. I know your mama way faithfully on a baby to graduate and see. You way better than me. Better than us. I'm better than this. Take a chance. Nigga, change some shit. You could be better than me. Hey, shout it up, man. I'm going to tell you like that, man. The dope game ain't shit, shout it. This shit damn near over with, you know what I'm saying? This shit was designed to last a certain amount of time, man. The time running out, you understand? If you ain't already in the game, you ain't already got birds, you ain't already stacking your shuttle, you may as well got down take care of the school, man. Don't try and get in right now. I'm telling you something for your own good, nigga. You hear? Don't be looking at me listening to dope boys in the trap, nigga, thinking it's all about that. You know, don't be like me, nigga. Be better than me, you know what I'm saying? Take your motherfucking ass to school, nigga. Get you some property, nigga. Yeah, like you know the last track, Long Live the Game. Like it kind of starts off like a like a, it sounds like a story where he's kind of bragging about you know being a gangster, selling drugs, having guns, but he dies at the end. Now I'm dipping back to the swat with a fofo and a plastic glove. Turn around the corner and I had to stop. Hey, Could the trap swarm in the car? Sitting white, but I still ain't scared. Matt Bone in them must have fled. Only cops that I feared the fed. On my car, flash of blue and red. Damn, there they go, that time to deal. Got a fofo right by my heel. Nine millimeter with an extra clear. Don't watch a nigga get fuck around with him. Bussing out of me, cussing out of But ain't no shaking them. Them bullets that they were busting at me. My best was taken. Making them pit fall in pain. Turned around and went caught. Which kind of reminds me of classic gangster rap, like like Ice T. Like Ice T would tell gangster shit or pimp shit, but there was a moral. There was always a moral, right? And and that's what this reminds me of. And um, yeah, the album as a whole is just more sincere than I expected. It has more has more in common with classic gangster rap, where it was a bit more human. So I I dig that. Um, even the records for the women, like, hey, let's get away, or let me tell you something, they still sound like T.I. Like, he didn't sound like he went out of his way to make radio hits or make songs for the women. They sound, they still sound like him, and I, I like that, both from, both vocally and in terms of production. Um, I really like this flow on No More Talk. Very, it's very nimble, and he uses, like, a slightly different technique on the, on the two verses on there. So I dug that. Hmm. Yeah, they said it wasn't no more green for no more rhyme, no more room for no more kings and no more crown to be given. But by no means am I any more conceited than this game needed. And if I say it, believe it, I'm running the region. You see it popping and blowing, no stopping, I'm going. I'm just telling you, knowing you sleeping or hating. And I don't care what you niggas is thinking or saying. But you know who the one who say you know what or do you know where. But if you the best, you gon' care. Nah, I ain't think so either. But we know greed will make you do strange things if we ain't people. And if you Busting by nothing and we ain't no. equal. You just cussing for nothing and poisoning people and this embarrassing laughing at all of your songs and you can hate me right now, but you miss me for long when I'm gone. You mentioned the song I Still Love You. That kind of echoes uh, one of one of the, his best songs, which was on his first album, uh, Still Ain't Forgave Myself. Fuck, mistakes made on this road to wealth. 
Still like the game myself. Hey, what I am today, I made myself. But I still like the game myself. But running to the grave, getting closer to death. I still like the game myself. But anyone who ever wondered how I felt, I still like the game. They're thematically similar. And again, they're they're very confessional. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I definitely appreciated that and uh, I I've always felt like if there's ever going to be um somebody in southern hip hop that is not part of the dungeon family that is going to come out with a creative angle, it's always gonna be T I. Mm. Um you know, I, I, and, and, and that's not to say that there's absolutely nobody in Southern hip hop that can be creative with anything. Cause there's a lot of people who are creative in Southern hip hop. It's just that, um, there are some who kind of follow the herd and some who kind of step away and say, I'm going to do this. And there, there are many Southern, uh, rappers who have definitely stepped away from the herd but there's also a good amount who have stayed with the herd. Um, so uh, if I were to pick anybody out of the more popular folks, I would definitely say that T.I. would be open to doing that, and even with some of his singles um, later on with uh, um, Dead and Gone, you know? Right. Uh, that definitely was a step away from typical. So, um, yeah, like I said, I like this album. Um, I also like that you don't have a lot of guest verses. You have yes, yes uh, and that's something Mac- that you did see later on. Yeah, later on, yeah. But on this album, you just had Mac Boney uh, on the who, that's his homeboy on the title track, and then you have veterans Eight Ball, MJG, and Bun B on on the same track on Bezel, and that's it. So that's dope. Um, I still don't like Twenty Fours. It's it's overly catchy, almost <laughs> to the point of being an, being annoying. Like the and the, and how that repeats throughout the entire song, and it's the hook. It just it's almost too much. It's too yeah, much. It's like I would like, like hey break. Mickey. <laughs> I would have liked the break in the beat and just yeah you know, have something switch up for his verses, but eh, whatever. He was really but yeah. He's really trying to catch you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> other than that song, I have nothing bad to say about this album. I like it a lot. Um, I was surprised. I was surprised by how much I like it. And um, I can definitely see why it would be considered a classic. Um, do I consider it a classic? I can't say that yet. I need to listen. I need to live with it more. But I definitely see why it's a classic. Just in terms of Southern hip-hop, I think it's a, kind of a monument. Like, it's when this this artist, who is still sort of iconic, came into his own. And just musically, just from a music standpoint, from a rhyme standpoint, it's it's um, very high quality. All very high quality shit. Dope. So, um, the standouts for me were um, I Can't Quit, just doing my job and be better than me. I I love be better than me. Really dope. Really dope. The just the beat by itself is really dope. But the verses and again him talking about like you know don't do this shit like that. Yeah, I Those would right. I would go rubber band man. I still love you. 
and uh, let's get away. All right, well, that's it for this episode. Those are the four classic albums. Out of these four, which one do you like the most? Or which one would you be most likely to listen to again? (laughs) Uh, G-Rap and Polo. Yeah, yeah, I agree. (laughs) But that's that's my bias. <laughs> like, I, I can't even front. That's my bias. But I really, I really do like Ti's album a lot. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely gonna cop that on disc. On I could disc. probably get it used for really cheap. You but, probably could. But um, yeah, I really like that album. Okay, 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 okay. I like the sound of that. So, um, of course, uh, we like to make sure that we are uh, letting you know how you can get in touch with us and chat along. Of course, you do have the hashtag on no loops on uh, all types of social media, including Twitter. Um, you do have me on Twitter accessible uh, at old dirty plaster. O-L-D-I-R-T-Y-P-L-A-S-T-E-R. And I am Urkel Modi. U-R-K-E-L-M-O-E-D-double-E. And you can catch us on Facebook at Own No Loops. You can catch us on Instagram as Own No Loops. You can catch us on SoundCloud as Own No Loops. And you can catch us on YouTube as Own No Loops. Um, and of course, you could always email us if you want to go that uh, route. Um, if you're 72, email us. <laughs> okay. Um, and then, of course, uh, uh, if you want to find us pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast um, at iTunes, you can definitely rate and review us. And please. You. No, please do. Please, please do. do. We, 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 we are asking you nicely. Um, <laughs> rate and review. It also helps with finding us through all of the searches uh, when you uh, say nice things about us. That's if you mean it. Um, in closing, I would even if you don't mean it, lie. Wow, lie and be nice. <laughs> We're teaching people to lie now. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just do it, please. Okay, okay. we love you. Okay. God bless. <laughs> in closing, I would say be kind but wise, and also be on time. And in closing, I will say wash your ass because you sit on your ass every day. And that's very important. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Um, So thank you for another episode. And thank you for listening and continuing to listen. So uh, peace from the Oh No Loops crew. Peace in the Middle East. Did you drink Hennessy? I did not drink Hennessy.